all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Richard Gershon, the host of In Legal Terms and a professor at the University of Mississippi School of Law. If you miss a live In Legal Terms episode, find our podcast, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. morning and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with my producer Abram Nanny. Good morning, Abram. Good morning, Dr. Buttress. How's it going? Oh, good. The weather has been absolutely lovely and I'm just loving it. I guess, though, we need some rain. Absolutely. it's it. My yard looks terrible no. right now. I'm very disappointed. It's the first time I've ever owned a yard and it looks like garbage. It's hard, isn't it? Yes, and, you it's just know, dirt out there now. I know in our area they're talking about conserving water, and so we're trying to only water essentials, but good grief, it feels like the whole yard is essential. Mm-hmm. So anyway, today we are talking about a topic that I think many of us over especially the last five or six years, I would say, with all the strife and turmoil that's gone about that we need to talk about. And, and, and that is forgiveness and, and why it's the best pathway for life in general. So, you know, we've all, all been hurt. If, if there's somebody out there who's never been hurt, I would truly like to hear from you because I dare say that every single one of us at some aspect, no matter how young or how old we are, has been hurt, either by um, someone leaving us out of something, um, doing something to us, um, letting go of a relationship. I could go on and on. There's so many ways that we can be hurt. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about emotionally. Sometimes that hurt doesn't go away, and the wounds last for a really long time. They fester. We ruminate. We think about that wrong that was done to us. We may even start thinking about how we can impart revenge on that individual who hurt us, maybe. But like I said today, I want to talk about why harboring anger is really the wrong way to go for all of us and why we need to be talking about forgiveness, how to do it, and why it truly, truly is the best pathway. But, and I'm going to put a big but there because I want everybody to think about this. We know it can be difficult. It's easy to say, oh, forgive and forget, Um, but often we can't. 
let go of it. Uh, it's hard to deal with the fact that somebody hurt you. And sometimes it's really hard, especially if that individual is still around you. You know, one approach you can do is to bury, suppress the wounds. And I think many individuals out there, many of you listeners do that. You just suppress it. But what typically happens when 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 you suppress it is that that feeling of hurt and upset and perhaps anger sort of reemerges. You relive it again. You think about it again. You spend energy again and again trying to deal with it and then suppress it again. So it, it's a vicious cycle. Another approach that we do sometimes is to let the wounds just fester. We ruminate. We build up anger. And like I said, we, we think about how can we get back at that individual who hurt us so badly. And I would dare say there are a lot of couples who do that, that breakups happen. And, and many times, we've talked this, about this on the show many times, what couples do, especially if there is a child involved, is to put that child in the middle of that anger and revenge that we want to do, Okay. Not good. In fact, it is destructive in so many different ways. And I'm happy to talk about those as we're moving along because that is probably one of the worst things an individual can do is to to put a child in the middle of revenge seeking. But it's done all the time. And I've seen when when couples don't have a child to put in the middle of it, they'll put an animal in the middle of it, or they'll put their parents in the middle of it who are trying to maintain. So what I'm saying is that approach is bad. It's destructive. It's destructive to others, but it's destructive to the individual who is doing, who is imparting that behavior. So we're going to talk about that alternative approach and, you know, before we go on, I guess we can talk a little bit about exactly what is forgiveness. So in general, it's just forgiving. It's the replacement of ill will toward an offender with goodwill. Now, that sounds almost impossible to do sometimes that you would want to have goodwill. And, you know, forgiveness is is not let me make sure it is not excusing or condoning the action we don't have to excuse or condone the action and you know we've we've had many instances when publicly individuals who have forgiven individuals for egregious acts like uh, that horrible time when uh, several children in an Amish school were killed, and the Amish came out publicly and forgave the killers, the murderers. And everybody thought about how in the world could they do that. But I think those individuals were living uh, the the religion that they believed in. They they believed that forgiveness was was divine. 
So it's also forgiveness does not necessarily, it doesn't mean condoning the action. It doesn't mean excusing the action. It also is distinct from reconciliation. So what I mean by that is you can forgive somebody, but you don't have to rejoin them as a friend. You don't have to believe that that individual needs to return into your life in any way. Now, you can do both. You can have forgiveness and reconciliation, and sometimes that's great and wonderful, and it happens and it's good. But it doesn't mean that you have to do that. So I want everybody to keep in mind, because I know some of you are saying, I will never, ever become friends again with that individual, or I will never, ever allow that individual to re-enter my life. And that's okay. You can, you can say that. But keep in mind, harboring anger is one of those things that is destructive to your own health. And we'll talk about that a little more as we move along and, and why it's destructive. Um, you, the, but before we get to that, I want to also say you can, like I said, you can forgive an offender and, and replace it to hope that, that ultimately he will become a good individual or she will become a good individual but you can you can still make sure that there is a just outcome for that individual if they did something that was really egregious, like you know stealing or or killing someone or or significantly hurting someone. So again, I guess I would throw out there, is there ever a time when not forgiving someone is empowering? And I have mixed feelings about that. I know some experts say that, for example, if an individual was sexually abused, that perhaps it is empowering to that individual not to forgive the individual who imparted the abuse. And that may be so. I'm not sure because, again, I worry that if there is continued anger and festering about what happened, that perhaps it's still somewhat destructive to you. So I'm I'm not sure. I'd love to hear opinions on that also as we move through. So there are several things that that I've I've thrown out there for us to talk about in the next 40 minutes or so as we're moving along listeners. I I'd, I'd like to hear from you though. When someone has hurt you, it can really feel justified even satisfying to nurse that grudge. But do you think you can let go? Have you had a situation where you, you let go and you felt better? Or do you think there are instances when 
we really shouldn't be letting go, and we should remember that and and not forgive an individual. Forgiving that someone hurt you. Like I said, it can feel satisfying even to nurse a grudge sometimes, but psychologists have found that forgiveness, if you do it right, can lead to better mental health, emotional health, and probably even physical, physical health. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I want to get on to the phones because we do have a caller, Mary in Clinton, who has some thoughts about forgiveness. Good morning, Mary. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Um, my question is um, how, to, how to forgive. Um, I suffer trauma from a person that's still living, that is still in my family, and um, I still have to deal with them on a daily basis, and I've, and I've learned how to manage that. Uh, and I also have a therapist, but um, I have not been able to forgive because of the trauma. So if you could speak on that, I would appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, Mary, thanks for calling and, and certainly had planned on getting to that as we're moving along because I, I hear you. Uh, one issue that you're having to deal with right now is that this individual apparently who traumatized you and hurt you is one that you still have exposure to so that that trauma and hurt probably you're reminded of repeatedly, right? Exactly. Yeah. And is this an individual in your life that that must remain in your life? You have chosen to allow this individual to stay in your life? Um, I really don't have a choice at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, if I'm to accept the person that they live with, um, then, I, then I have to have them in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's one of the, and it sounds like you've decided that you want to, to have at least someone still in your life. And so... Uh, that that is associated with that individual. So so let me talk to you a little bit about what there's a prominent psychologist who's done a lot of excellent writing on forgiveness. He uh, Robert Enright, and he talks about four steps of forgiveness. And I think he's just right on as to the way we need to approach it. And I hope your therapist has helped you talk through some of this. So the very first thing they say, he says, to do is to uncover your anger, to make sure that you've, you've addressed that emotion, that if, if you have suppressed the anger, go ahead and let it happen, to, to just say, okay, uh, this has enraged me, that this happened to me, okay? And then the the second thing, and then and then to deal with that anger, to say, okay, I'm angry, but anger is doing nothing but driving my blood pressure up, driving my heart rate up, making me feel depressed and anxious. So I'm going to let go of that. I'm letting go of that because anger at that individual is destroying me, and I can't allow that to happen. So that's step one. The next step is to make the decision to forgive that individual. 
and you really do, you have to make the decision that, yes, they did a wrong. I am not excusing that individual. I am going to forgive that individual. And you can acknowledge that, you know, ignoring or coping with the offense hadn't really worked. So you're going to move toward that pathway of forgiveness. All right. So you've you've acknowledged that that you're you're going to move toward forgiveness. You are not excusing that individual. Let me remind you, because I think sometimes people decide that forgiving someone is excusing them, and you are not. You are forgiving them for the egregious act that they committed, whatever it was. Okay. Then try to figure out a way to develop compassion for that offender. Now, that's hard. Try to come up with some way to say that individual had maybe something bad happen to them that made them act that way. That individual perhaps had a terrible model. That individual grew up badly. And so to come up with some way that you can allow compassion to to enter in and then kind of to to reflect on whether the act was really malicious intent which it may have been or if it was the circumstances of that individual's life so so four steps just stepping through a first acknowledgement and then turning toward toward the forgiveness, compassion, and reflection. So I don't know, Mary, those are, I think they're, I like that pathway. It makes great sense. I think it has worked actually for me in the past. And so what do you think about that? I I think those are great steps steps to try, and I'm going to continue to work in that direction. It just is not an easy It's not easy. And, you know, Mary, uh, if anybody's ever listened to this show, I'm a I'm a big fan of writing things down and and journaling. And I think maybe to allow yourself as you're going through Robert's Enright's four steps of forgiveness that you you allow yourself to journal through those steps and talk about why you're doing what you're doing and and see if that allows you to to move through into a better pathway because then i think for you it will allow you to be able to be a a happier individual and to not dwell on that because like i said at the beginning there is clear evidence in uh, uh, there's one study that did a meta-analysis. They looked at 54 different studies that had been published, a few that had been unpublished, but looked at all of them. And it showed people who really practice forgiveness in the right manner did better, had lower rates of depression and anxiety. So good luck. I hope you'll give it a try, Mary. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for calling. That that was a, a great way, I think, for us to start off and start moving forward and how we can embrace this because it is something that 
is hard. It is not easy. And and I can tell all of our listeners, I can honestly say that from a personal standpoint. Okay, let's stay on the phones. We have Ronnie in Ripley, Mississippi, who has maybe some comments or questions. Ronnie, thanks for calling. Yes, I do. Can you hear me? Yes, hear you well. Thank you. Okay. I I have experienced uh some of the some of the problems with uh uh keeping something bad on your mind. Mm-hmm. And uh this may sound silly, but I saw an old movie and it just changed uh everything. I don't harbor any bad feelings anymore, but uh huh. an old John Wayne movie. Uh huh. Movie, and uh, the name of the movie was Angel and the Bad Man. Mm, I remember that movie. Talk to us well, about how it man. spoke to you. <laughs> well, the bad man was taken in by this family, and they were very pious, and and he was all shot up, and they got him well, and and uh, anyway, he got outside and he noticed that the creek wasn't flowing by their their homestead and he asked why and they said well the, the man upstream had put up a dam and shut off the water mm-hmm. and they said well did you do anything um, about that and they said yes we prayed for him and uh of course, the outlaw, he said, uh, you think praying's going to do anything to get the water flowing? They said yes. And so they got him patched up and fixed up enough that he went upstream and confronted the man that put the dam up and stopped the water and made him take it down because of his reputation. He was a bad man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he came back down to the homestead when the, uh, the water was flowing. And he said, see what I did? I got the water flowing. Mm-hmm. All your prayers did nothing. And they said, well... God sent you to us. Huh. <laughs> right. And you, you went up there and you got uh, the water flowing. So our prayers were answered. So uh, all of the depressing thoughts and negative thoughts that you might have, uh, Sometimes uh, they they don't do any good. So just keep on praying. Keep keep on thinking positive and think. Keep on um, moving toward believing that a solution can happen, and it will. And so. Um, yeah, praying for for good, wishing wishing good 
on individuals who necessarily are not good is is something that it can be relieving did did it just allow you to let go of wishing ill on someone who had wronged you is that what you're saying yes yeah yes did i just uh and i would uh if it wasn't for that one little thing that one little crazy old movie that i saw that one thing that just clicked i would still be uh thinking badly about someone who uh i don't say they done me wrong but they didn't do themselves right by what they did right you know right and uh so maybe sometimes some little bitty uh bit of information uh can can uh get you out of a really depressing situation and so yeah you know ronnie thank you for that and i'll i'll just say i think so many times if we would allow ourselves to be open and listen to messages that are being sent to us by whomever you want to believe is sending them But so many times there are those subtle messages that are speaking directly to you, like maybe sometimes someone's just listening to the radio show about something like this, about forgiveness, and it's speaking to you. And if you would just allow yourself to hear the message and then allow yourself to act on that message and really follow through, it it really could change your life. So, uh, Ronnie, I think you you brought up a point. I want everybody to remember, just open up, listen to some messages, and and stay stay with the fact that even though life doesn't seem or feel so great right this minute, if you take charge and if you move along for the more positive life, then then life will be better. You've got to... See the light. That's what you've got to do. So thanks, Ronnie. I appreciate you calling and telling the story. That was a great movie. My husband loved that movie. In fact, all of John Wayne. Forgive. You don't have to forget. You don't have to excuse. But work on that forgiveness and it'll make life better for you. Okay, we're going to jump on the phones. We have a few callers waiting. We have first Brother Daniel. Hi, Brother Daniel. I always love to hear from you. How you doing, everybody? God bless the Magnolia. <laughs> I, just, uh, I just wanted to let you know uh, I'm talking to my Christians. I'm talking to my Muslims. I'm talking to a lot of our religious cultures in, in, the, in the state. I'm also talking to the ones that might not believe, but we do believe all love thy neighbors, you love thyself. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a common thing that in my life when I was young, you know, I, I got abused. I was in a boarding school. I almost got raped. You know what I mean? Mm. It didn't change me because I learned when I saw Jesus got persecuted. I mean, he could have got anger like we do now in our politics and a lot of other things against each other. The only time we get it together is when there's a disaster. We got to stop waiting for the disasters to happen. 
We right. got to be more in line as families. As, as when we see a child out there, whether it's ours or not, whatever culture that child may come from, we must show that love. That's what a magnolia does. It blossoms. Mm. When it dies, it blossoms again. <laughs> and that's the same thing with here in the States. Yeah. We got to be able to forgive. If Jesus, Lord have mercy, forgave those for persecuting him, hitting him, spinning on him, tearing out his hair, then as just Christians that are out there acting anger and showing bigotry and all these things and figure the gun is more important than the Bible, you need to check yourself. I agree, Brother Daniel. My my Muslim brothers, it says in the Quran, it says, forgive, for it is merciful, as God says, forgive. And it's in most religions that I run into. Some are Indian brothers, some are Indian sisters. I mean, it's there. We learn it in Europe how they went through World War II, World War One. But now people have understand that we need each other, and we need to do that here in America. America, people come here because they're looking for that love and opportunity. We can't. We got to stop showing the negativity of having bad attitudes. I agree, brother Daniel. American Latin. We must work together, and we must tell the politicians, we're tired. We're tired of your bigotry and bicking against each other. You're fished together. Well, when you're in that capital, you need to work together. It don't matter who's right or wrong. It's the idea to get to the problem because our children are getting confused. I have 12-year-olds coming up to me. Why are them adults fighting against each other? And all this violence going on about a gun when this gun is trying to kill it. Yes, it's... it's, it's Brother Daniel, I agree with you, and but you you are getting just a teeny bit off topic here. You are so right. I'm a little little hard today, but listen, everybody, please, let's bring peace because we're going to need each other with this weather. Let's work together. Let's eat together. Let's drink together and let's be merry. I like it. I like it. Your message is always good. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Okay, let's go on to Mikey in Mobile. Hi, Mikey. You have some question thoughts about forgiveness? Um, Well, my thoughts about it are that forgiveness and uh, what's the other one? Um, hatred. Um, uh, that's not necessarily the whole thing. I have been, uh, well, the rest of my life wrecked by someone who I loved and took care of. Um, and uh, I found that, you know, that over a year of, of uh Hatred. I mean, it was just unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Um, hatred is is a, a waste of energy. Mm-hmm. It, it is a real waste of energy. And anger is is uh, you know is of course you know the, where hatred comes from. Sure. Um, but um, in between, forgive. And I I've always been forgiveness. I was brought up saying just be forgiving and I always have and I found that the more of some of these people um, I forgave them the more they kicked me in the face again and laughed at me together 
Not, let's not pretend like it's all, you know, Walt Disney World. No, no, you're right, Mikey. And, and let me just say, like I said before, forgiveness does not mean excusing. Forgiveness does not mean that you bring that person who created whatever or imparted whatever egregious act does not mean you bring them back into your life, nor do you continue okay. association. May, so, may I say that tolerance, tolerance is kind of the medium of it, which means that, you know, you're not necessarily forgiving them and you are not necessarily hating them. You're just doing your best to be neutral towards them. And as you say, don't bring them back into your life. I hear you. If that works for you, let it work. As long as it is not eating away at you. If if tolerance is a better way to deal with it. You know, again, like I said, there are those studies that are out there. You mentioned anger, and I do, I do want to remind everybody that anger or hatred, because if you hate somebody every time you see them, if there's true hate, you're doing the same thing to yourself. It, what it does is it activates your fight or flight phenomena. It drives up your blood. It releases cortisol, which is n- bad to have continuous cortisol release all the time, which drives up your blood pressure, your heart rate, just wears your body out. And so what you can do if you can face that anger and and get rid of that, that is a huge big step toward stepping through the the four things of forgiveness. So, no, Mikey, I've said several times this is not an easy process. We all know it is difficult, especially if it is an act that significantly affected your life. So I appreciate you, Colin, and I appreciate you working toward that because it sounds like you're making some movement. So thank you for calling. Thank you. All right, I'm going to stay in the phones because Rochelle in Warren County has been waiting um, a few minutes. Rochelle, tell us about your your thoughts about this area that we're talking. Well, one, I'm grateful. Uh, thank you um, for this topic, and especially thank you for the uh, four steps. Um, what came up for me mm-hmm. is uh, the importance of, and I am a Christian and uh, was raised in a uh, um, Christian um, household. Um, and my, my point is, is that it's important for us as adults to model what forgiveness looks like right. and to... Um, and I appreciated the four steps, um, and I asked myself, how does, how do I show up for my nephew in demonstrating that an incident happened, um, an incident happened with, uh, a family member that uh, was angry with me and, um, you know, in a heat of anger, you know, threw a punch and 
Mm-hmm. Um, um, and uh, of another family member who was of the same generation said, well, you know, sometimes folks let their anger get the best of them. You just need to forgive and mm-hmm. keep moving. And um, this conversation, um, you know, I take this uh, this uh, show as a as a uh, subtle message, as you said, mm-hmm. and to act on it. <laughs> and so I acted on it by calling and just naming that even in the church, um, we have um, things that some people hold on to that has happened to them by a leader, mm-hmm. a you know, um, someone yeah. of authority. And um, it's important to figure out a way to release that, have conversations about it so that it's not repeated. And um, I'm about the generational, like, what action can we take to um, help our next generation um, be able to uh, live healthier and be well and at peace? Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for calling because I, I'm hoping others can can think through this too. And you mentioned something that I know I've seen in my own life experiences where something happened in a, a church that that just called caused a rift in the community uh, of 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 that that church because. Uh, there was the inability to forgive someone for an act. And that that can affect someone's life or some many individuals' lives for long periods of time and maybe for a lifetime. So to if we could, because you, you mentioned the word model, and I love talking about modeling, modeling the right kind of behavior. Brother Daniel mentioned that at, uh, a few minutes ago. We have got to be a better model. And if we as parents or aunts or uncles or grandparents are demonstrating anger about individuals that for whom we cannot let go of the anger – and continue to express it or demonstrate it in whatever way, then what are we showing our children? We are showing them that that that's a pathway they should take, and that's not correct, and that is not the way to a good, happy, healthy life. So... So thank you for calling in and and talking about modeling Uh, again. We all need to make sure that we do that. Okay, we're getting some wonderful input from our listeners. Thank you, callers. I'm going to go stay on the lines. I want to go to Linda in Memphis, who's been waiting a few minutes. Hi, Linda, you there? Yeah, I'm here, Dr. Susan. I I just want to say that... uh, you know, I, I know that to forgive is more for my benefit than the person that really needs to be forgiven. And I know that sounds like pie in the sky or I'm being a merry, merry, merry sunshine, but really <laughs> that bitterness comes to twist you and to get you off course. And uh, I, I, I learned, you know, that 
you know, to to walk in agape love is the kind of love, hey, I'm a Christian, means it's the kind of love that Jesus showed toward me when I was so unlovely. Even before I became born again, he loved me and sacrificed himself. So I would not ought not to do that to, for others, but sometimes it's hard to see, how do I do this? Well, I learned this, that walking in agape love to me means that I don't, even though you wronged me or mistreated me, I don't treat you based on how you have treated me. You know, I don't have to have some warm, great emotional feeling about you, but I have to have the resolve to treat you, treat you right. To treat you the way God would have me to treat you. And I think that's where my freedom comes in. Don't think that those lessons don't come. Uh, you, I don't have to repeat the, uh, the learning every, you know, every now and then because right now at work I'm going through some things with some younger, younger, younger women. And uh, I have to understand those women are 30 years younger than me. Forgive them. Uh, model what, what Christ asks us to model. Walk in that agape love. You know, don't treat them. Yes, you, you have to be frank and let people know that this offends me, but I don't want to hold the offense. I want to let it go. Mm. So that, that's, that says a lot, but that's what I'm trying to do. That's, that's my resolve. Pretty words, Linda. Agape love, listeners, just for for you is is the the highest form of love charitable love and linda mentioned something that that i think is so true is forgiveness really benefits us as much or more than the individual that we're forgiving that's that's i think hallmark the other thing is that to remember that we should not, when we're forgiving someone, expect something back. Because sometimes that individual is not going to give anything back. They may not even, they may say they don't care if you forgive them or not because they did nothing wrong. That's okay. If you were able to forgive them and let go of it, that's okay. That's where we should be going. So, Thank you for pointing that out. We don't want to. We don't want to expect getting anything back. Oh, good, good words again. All right, we have another caller waiting. Who is always a contributor, Cat in Mobile. Hi, Cat. Thanks for calling. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Doing great. Tell us what you're thinking about as far as forgiveness goes. So I had two ideas or two points. So the first thing I thought about was how I contributed to, I guess, my own pain when it came to forgiveness because I was expecting the person to be who I wanted them to be and not expecting them to be who they were. Mm. And so it made it really hard to forgive because in my mind, it was like, but you should be this way. You should do these things. But People are who they are, and when you can accept a person for who that person is, it makes it a lot easier when they do the things that they do, because now you're not lying to yourself or trying to create your own reality. You're just accepting the reality for what it is. And then I thought about, I guess, another portion that makes forgiveness sometimes difficult is because we can be, like, unconsciously blameless, 
and we don't really see our portion or how we contributed. <laughs> and so um, I just thank God for grace and growth and maturity. But I thought about how those two things hindered me mm. in forgiving other people. Mm. I love that. Um, let me ask you a couple of questions, Kat. On, on the individual who who that you you were trying to make them somebody that they were not, um, did were you ever able to confront that individual, or did did you just figure out that you had to accept them for who they were? That's a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. They're, I don't want to say it, with the issue of an absent parent, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to confront that. Mm-hmm. I just had to accept. Mm-hmm. But in like, um, I guess you say failed relationships, mm-hmm. which wasn't really a fail because all things work together for the middle of the Lord. But the relationships that didn't work out and things um, that were inappropriate that took place. I was able to address them, but again, I was young, not as mature. Mm -hmm. But just looking back on things now, everybody has something that they're going through, and it's not personal. When things happen to me, it's not always personal. It has something to do with that person and what they're doing Exactly. I, I think that's a really good point. And you, we, none of us know, we're not in anybody else's head but our own. So none of us know what is going on in that individual's head, what happened to them, and why they act that they do. And sometimes even that individual does not know uh, because it's something that is underlying that they essentially grew up with. So forgiving someone for their actions because you don't know what happened to them before their actions happened is really a, a good way to go because it helps us have better insight into into that individual. So, Kat, thank you for that call. I think, you know, the other thing that, that often interferes with relationships is that we either – don't accept who they are, or we we end up thinking that we'll have a relationship with this individual because we think we can change them. That's just bad. That's not good practice. You have to accept people for who they are. Okay, I'm going to go to our last caller, Billy, on the road. I think we have some time, and you have a question about should it be public or private? Talk to us about that question, Billy. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh well, first and foremost, thank you for a great show, as always, and, and a wonderful topic today. Thank you. Uh, it kind of rang uh, in my ear, and I've been sistering something for ongoing six, seven years. I'll make it short since time is uh, of the essence. The um, you know, issue is about my brother-in-law, who unfortunately made a pass at my wife in our bathroom when they were over for Thanksgiving, and then I found out about this a year later from my wife. So... Everything, uh, you know, went south after that. I haven't spoken to my sister for about, you know, six, seven years as a result because mm-hmm. he never fessed up to what he did. Mm-hmm. And um, and as a result, I ended up harboring a lot of negative feelings and so forth. Probably two, three years after that, I ended up kind of foregoing all the anger that I had, all the issues you said, high blood pressure, heartbeat, all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm like, okay, I can't kill myself over this thing. Let's move on. So I moved on, but... Uh, you know, once in a while, you know, family situation, I haven't seen either of them since, so I try to stay away from that. But the forgiving part has always stuck out really hard for me. 
And I want to get there with all my might and all my heart, but sometimes I find it hard to kind of go there because of the action that was done. And then if I want to go ahead and forgive, do I need to make that a public affair um, as to, you know, getting everybody together? Or is that something I can do in my own heart? And then, you know, last question, and I'll just listen, um, is that uh, I'm the, you know, bystander here. Although it was my sister and my brother-in-law, but my wife was the receiving end of all that uh, Billy, um, we are going to have to to stop your question, and this is so important. I would love for us to step through this next week, and I think if it's okay with you, I want to do a continuation because I really want to be able to answer this for you, and it's a, it's actually a fairly long answer, but in short, I'll say it doesn't have to be public. It can be private. But we're going to continue this show next week, so stay tuned. And, Billy, I hope you can listen. I want to thank all of our listeners and, and, and all of our callers. This was wonderful. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, and funding is provided in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and support from listeners like you. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.